questions this morning. Related to the practice of not hurrying, for me this has been coming up as the idea of surrender. How do you learn how to surrender to the present moment experience? When I see my attempts to control, to control it, I see how my attempts to control it prevent me from getting fully, setting, settling fully. It triggers more attempts to control the control. So a surrender, we could say, is a form of letting go. And we could even consider this like the, the whole of our practice, this letting go of the various things that we hold on to. And we let go of not wanting to let go. I mean, we, we, we have to also look at letting go of not wanting to let go. And this, this actually is, uh, happens uh, quite a bit, I think. Um, I remember sitting here in this hall and uh, something was arising, painful experience, mental, physical, I can't remember, but I remember the major aversion storm that was happening around it. And um, the, the, the mind was kind of screaming, I would let go of this if I knew how. Sometimes what we get to do is just be with the not letting go. So this is a form of surrendering. To just recognize that surrendering is not possible right now. It's not a mistake. The tendencies to cling and to hold on and to control our experience are so strong that sometimes that's what we get to watch. And what we get to feel with that is how painful it is. That's maybe the learning that needs to happen at that moment, how painful it is to control. It's only by really getting that. Because our minds have been hooked by the belief in the desire to control, The desire to control contains the delusion that if I control this, things will be okay. And if I can be in control, things will be okay. And we buy into that belief of the control, that I have to control it in order to be okay. Uh, We could say that maybe is a more accurate way of expressing the belief in in the control, is I have to be in control of this in order to, to be okay. And the mind is so hooked by this. At very deep levels, our mind uh, believes this very deeply. And sometimes that believing is not just going to go away because we decide I shouldn't believe it. We may even at a kind of a conscious level realize it's not a useful belief, but the conditioning is so powerful and so deep that we can't choose to stop believing it. And so recognizing This is what it's like to not surrender. Just a simple 
being with that. I think sometimes investigation, the quality of investigation, uh, when we speak of investigation, use that word, we, we often um, think of it in terms of a doing, of a, of, a, of a kind of almost of a controlling experience in some way. I'm going to investigate this in order that something will happen. And so sometimes that investigation can be can feel like it's uh, it's a, it's a doing or a manipulating. And what I've found for myself through uh, a lot of being tied up in knots around investigation is that there's a way of investigating. Maybe a different word. We just use different words entirely. Can we just be with experience? The way a naturalist investigates the world is not to go out and chop down trees and bring them back to the lab, but to sit in the world and watch what happens. Just to be with the world. Allowing the being with to reveal the patterns that are there. Rather than trying to pull it apart and figure it out. So sometimes we can just think about just being with whatever's here. That is a form of investigation. We don't have to be in charge of that investigation. And so in this um, surrendering to not surrendering, this is the kind of, of exploration that might be useful. This is what it's like to not surrender. Regarding the reflections on not-self I offered the other morning, an issue that I've, I have for a long time and has influenced my practice is that the act of making choice requires a sense of free agency. So how one can act as a free agent while maintaining not me, not mine, not myself as a living view? the sense of free agency is something we all have at times, the the sense, and certainly before we start to practice, we have this sense that we have free agency. The more we see what goes on in our minds, sometimes we see that um, choices are made. Choices can be made by greed, aversion, delusion, Choices can be made by wisdom, compassion, patience. Choices are made. Choices are made. And they are conditioned. And we do see this in practice. And, and sometimes it can be a bit startling to, to kind of feel like, well, what, you know, am I just redundant or something? You know, just seeing how choice unfolds naturally from conditions. And so this can be a little bit startling to see this aspect of how choice happens in our minds. And yet we're not always seeing experience at that level. 
There's a rising experience in the moment. A sense of self arising in the moment, perhaps. And the sense of self is not a nothing. It's often misinterpreted as being something that it's not. But the sense of self is an arising, much as the experience of aversion is an arising, or the experience of wisdom or love is an arising. And that sense of self can influence, be participating in, be a condition for choice. We can understand that a sense of self is a conditioned phenomenon, not actually what it seems to be. And recognize that that sense of self, this, the sense of self can participate in making choice. And the choice that's made there is dependent on conditions. Some of those conditions are from history. Some of those conditions based on our upbringing, based on what we've experienced, based on views that we've learned. Some of those conditions are based on what's happening in the present moment. And this is really where there's a bit of dynamism that can come in around what we might call something like free agency. When we are caught, when we are not mindful, when, when mindfulness is, is um, uh, submerged in the reactive states of mind and greed, aversion, delusion. Greed, aversion, and delusion are making the choices for us. And before we start to practice, we are attributing that to I, me, or mine, making that choice. When mindfulness and wisdom begin to grow, we may not quite, especially early on, in the, in earlier on in our understanding of wisdom and mindfulness, we may not quite see that wisdom is making the choice. It can feel like, it can feel like, there's a sense of self attaching to the views that we're learning in our practice. A sense of understanding that way lies suffering, following through on aversion, not helpful. I've seen that creating suffering. And, and choosing in that moment to pick up a view of maybe just watching the aversion instead of following through on it with action. And so sometimes it feels in this kind of middle terrain where it feels like there is a choice. The sense of self there, by relying on this abandoned that I talked about a week or so ago, that sense of, by relying on a sense of self that connects to wholesome intentions, abandoning choices based on unwholesome intentions. This is what it feels like. It feels like there is a free choice there. We don't have to, we don't have to believe in a, uh, a self there. We can still hold and understand that these, these phenomena are conditioned. 
And then at some point, we may actually get to see that the choice of letting go, of surrender, happens. Not because I decided to do anything, but because wisdom arose and the mind basically kind of turned from suffering towards freedom in that moment. Seeing wisdom making that choice. And yet, it often does feel like we have a choice. And if it feels like you have a choice, make a skillful one. couple of announcements this morning. The Brahma Vihara practice will be this afternoon at 3.30. And Kara will be sitting in today with me. And uh, as uh, we have said many times in the past, when, um, um, when the um, assistants are sitting in with us, um, it uh, is up to you. You are welcome to bow to them and just say, not today, thank you. And Kara's feelings will not be hurt by that. So, um, But it is a, a wonderful opportunity for Kara to learn. And it's a part of the training. We've all had this opportunity. We've all benefited from the willingness of retreatants to allow us to sit in with other teachers as we were learning. And so it is a gift that you can offer for the future of the Dharma. Enjoy your day.